Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode two, number two. We're getting things started. We're in the roll. We're in the groove. So this week we've got a very nice show coming up. We have an interview with Shane of For All Eternity. We're also reviewing the new albums by Earthcaller, Cane Hill, and Of Mice and Men. But let's smash straight into the Mosh news. So the big news this week is Slayer are calling it quits. The curtain call has come for their career of spanning over 35 years. They put up a Facebook post stating the end is near, dot dot dot, Slayer to tour the world one more time. Now, it was a bit cryptic, there wasn't anything else said. Then, not long after, they put up uh, their final USA tour poster. The lineup is fucking immense. I mean, it's a who's who of the heavy genre. There, of course, is Slayer, Lamb of God, Anthrax, Behemoth, and Testament. Now, that is USA only at the moment. Uh, They haven't announced dates yet. They have said World Tour. Now, I mean, we, we hopefully will see an Australian leg, an Australasian leg, if you will. Lineup wise, I mean, you have a look at that. I think we could have Slayer and Lamb of God. Uh, Lamb of God do love it down here. I mean, I don't think we'll get that many of the bands. I don't think we'll get all five. But look, uh, Slayer and then another band. Be happy with that. So there's a lot of people saying, is this the right decision? Is this a wrong decision? What a shame it is. And it is a shame. But I have a feeling it's the right decision. I mean, rather than go through a stage where they keep releasing albums... And they start deteriorating and deteriorating. Music's getting worse. Um, It's kind of quit while you're ahead. And I think that's smart. I mean, it's not like they've been in the industry five years. Like I said before, they've been in the industry over 35 years. They've given it a really big crack. And why not go out on top? Go out while you're still strong. Spoke about last week about Ozzy and him finally calling it quits. I mean, in a way, you wouldn't want Slayer to get to that stage where they're drawing things out. Things are getting, you're getting a feeling bad for them. Things are getting sloppy. So it's a smart decision. It's a tragic decision, but it's good. They'll be going out. Of course, we will be keeping you updated on any information regarding an Australasian tour. Keep your eye out on themoshzone.com. Hopefully, we'll have more information soon. Now, as one band is exiting, we look like we might have a band returning. Orange County, Metalcore, Slash Hardcore, whatever you really want to define them as, Heavyweights, Bleeding Through, look like there could be a return on the cards. Uh, There's been a bit of cryptic pictures, videos going on over the last couple of days or week. It all kicked off January 1st when Sharp Tone Records issued a teaser video announcing new music or albums coming your way in 2018. Now, there was a spot at around the 18-second mark where Brandon, the vocalist of Bleeding Through's voice, was very distinctive. A lot of people pointed it out. And it was pretty obvious it was him because in the mix of it, it was very emo-y punk bands playing, you know, bit by bit. And then this just heavy, brutal shit just thrown in your face. That was the first tease or first bit of cryptic messaging that happened and then this week there's been a bit of Instagram activity going on Brandon put up a picture of him and the bleeding through bandmates the solid lineup like the lineup that didn't include Jonah because Jonah if you know bleeding through very well he as he left prom queen he kind of joined for an album I think two actually two albums but it's the original OG lineup of bleeding through And Brandon had put a tagline along with it saying, Hanging with friends. Now, around the same time, bleeding through bass player Ryan, who's also, interestingly, the bass player of Devil You Know, the Howard Jones new band, which is actually not called Devil You Know anymore. It's called Light This Torch or Light The Torch. Ryan, at the same time, shared a photo of a bunch of silhouettes with some lights in the background. Looks like a music video set up. And he said, work for the night, hashtag nothing is over. 
So at the moment, we're not really sure what's going on. It definitely looks like Bleeding Through are doing something. A very close friend of mine, Timmy Moore, was saying uh, he thinks what might actually be happening is we might be getting a bit of a DVD, CD package, which will be live footage or concert footage and then mixed up with some covers and maybe B-sides. It could be that. That's not... I mean, that's not what we really want. We would really love a new album. But hell, we'd still be very excited even if it's some covers and B-sides. So um, it should be interesting. Hopefully things start coming to light a bit more in the next few days to weeks on the Bleeding Through issue. Of course, we'll keep you updated on that. The funny story of the week definitely, hands down, goes to Andrew W.K., Andrew W.K., as some of you may or may not know, after 12 years, he's finally appearing again with a new album. It's been 12 years since he last released something, which was The Wolf, from from memory. The album's going to be called You're Not Alone. It's getting released on March 2nd via Sony. Now, that's not the bit of the news that was amusing. It came out this week. He released his first single from the album called Music Is Worth Living For. It is, if you know Andrew WK, it's a rager. It's get off your feet, you know, bop along, gets the energy pumping, which is what Andrew WK has always done. Apparently, this song will also make you speed in your car. A fan, Luke Mitchell, found that out this week. Mitchell took to Twitter after getting his speeding ticket while listening to the track hitting up Andrew WK, basically saying, this is what happens when I listen to your music. I get a £100 speeding ticket, which is about $180 Australian. So, And Andrew WK, forever the nice guy, forever the man that helps the people, responded to Mitchell with, DM me and I'll take care of whatever the fine is. Yep, he, he actually responded and actually paid for the fine. Andrew WK cementing himself even further into the books of legend status. Didn't need to do that, but decided to do it. I mean, Andrew WK, he's a good guy. He's a nice guy. We've got the full article up on the website. We've also got a a link to the music video or the song that was in question that makes you speed, apparently. And we've also got a link to pre-order the album. That album is called You're Not Alone, and it's coming out March 2nd via Sony. And that's the news for this week. Mosh News finished. Now, from next week, the next segment we will be doing will be questions. So we're really calling on you guys to send us some questions. They can be of anything, anything. Just send them in. We'll read them out and we'll answer them for you. We'd also love to hear the feedback. Let us know how do you think the show's going? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? Albums you want to have reviewed albums you like albums you don't like let us know at all send us an email at the mosh zone at gmail.com or you can hit us up on facebook instagram or twitter with at the mosh zone or you can even get in contact with us through the website which is www.themoshzone.com so this week we've got three albums to review and three three very different ones they're all different in styles and genres, all different in how they went. So the first album this week is Kane Hill's new album called Too Far Gone, out now on Rise Records. They, um, If you don't know them, they are one of the bands that, that are, are the reasoning behind everyone saying that new metal is coming back. Some people are saying they're a corn tribute band. That's all because their last album, 2016's album Smile, was definitely a new metal throwback album. It felt like it belonged in the year 2000, in a good way and a bad way. When they first hit the scene, it was obvious that they wear their influences on their sleeve, and that's not a that's not a bad thing. Every band does that. But the reason it's going to get interesting is where are they going from this point on, and that brings us to this new album, Too Far Gone. When they did Smile and when they were wrapping up the Smile promotion and touring, they were copying quite a bit of love or hate. 
Some people love them because of that old school 2000 new metal sound. Some people hating them because of that old school 2000 new metal sound. I think they've definitely taken a bit of that on board with this album. Too Far Gone still has that new metal sound in there. At times it feels a bit slipknotty. It feels a bit American head charge. But then it's gone a little bit different. They've tried to mix it up in places. They've got very Alice in Chains grunge feel in there. So they're trying to really show a bit of variation. They've also got a few radio-ready songs, like the song Elijah on the album. This album will split people down the middle. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. There were moments on the album I thoroughly enjoyed. The title track, which opens the album, I enjoyed because it did feel very reminiscent of 2000s new metal, you know, a bit, you know, taproody, a bit spine shank. It was good. I enjoyed it. But I think they've kind of gone the wrong way with it with suddenly doing some Alice in Chains grunge moments. I also think that after a full album of new metal-y grunge, it's not really what I'm out for. It's all over the place. I mean, every song has a story to tell, but it feels like it's jumping around. As someone said to me, it's like a toddler on caffeine. It's just jumping, 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 jumping. Doesn't know what it wants to be. Breakdown, mm, new metal, mm, corn, mm. oh, new Alice in Chains, mm, back again. It needs a bit of cohesion, a bit more on track, but you can't hate it. You've got to give them credit for trying trying it. It's just going to be interesting going into the next album. What are Kane Hill going to do? Are they going to stick with this new metal sound? Or are they going to branch out maybe more into that grungy rock sound that they try on a few songs? It's a decent album. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It sits really in the middle with me. I'm giving it a 5 out of 10. I'd be really interested to know... What you think of the album? Have you heard Too Far Gone by Kane Hill? Have you heard Kane Hill before? What are your thoughts? Let me know through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, website, email. Hit us up. Let us know what you think of Kane Hill. That brings us to the second album this week, which is by Melbourne Boys Earthcaller Crystal Death, which is out now on E1 Records. Earthcaller came straight in. Onto the scene in 2015 with an absolute smashing album called Degenerate. They had a lot of momentum. They were really starting to hit their stride. A lot of potential. Suddenly, out of nowhere, they disappeared. It turned out that everyone just kind of left Josh, vocalist, behind. He's been slowly rebuilding. And now we have Crystal Death. Musically, it's in the hardcore or metallic hardcore realm. Musically also, it's not very different to Degenerate, but there's no real complaints about that. Lyrically, the insight into Josh's life and world is exactly what you expect from the hardcore scene. You expect honesty. It's real dark and low perspective on what his life went through or has been going through. I mean, there's songs about betrayal, love loss, fucking up, depression, abuse, The sense of pain and anger mixed with the bittersweet and hopefulness is infectious and it works so well, so well for these these guys. It did on Degenerate and it's so good to see that it's working still and just as well on Crystal Death. There is, you know, the first album, Degenerate, had quite a bit of political angle lyrics. There is still a political fueled topic song, which is called No Forgiveness. But because... The album is so personal and honest, it strikes really hard through those speakers and you can feel the heart and the passion that Josh is just tearing out. It is poetically angry, it's beautiful. It is, when it's heavy, it's fucking heavy. They, they've brought in a bit more melody um, and it works well. It is a bit worrying sometimes when a hardcore band tries to bring in a bit of melody, but Earthcaller have done just enough. They haven't abused that melody element. 
it is very straightforward. There's no frills. You know what you're getting. It's not technically complex. But that doesn't mean it's bad in any means. It is absolutely perfect. Slams hard. Doesn't mess around. There is definitely a big future for these guys. You know, if you like your riffs, your breakdowns, your mosh moments, some hooks, sing-alongs, this right up your fucking alley. Big, big future. Expecting some big things this year from these guys. Touch wood, fingers crossed, they just keep this lineup because this lineup seems to be the strongest they've had. The other thing, being an Aussie artist, get behind them. As we always say, support your scene. These boys, give them some backing. I noticed that the album was doing doing well on iTunes and other sources since its release. Get out there, get a copy. I do know it's just now been available to JB Hi-Fi. Get down and buy a physical copy. This is outstanding. And to think that it's already this early in the year and we've got an album of such immense delivery is a great great sign for the Australian scene. Hopefully other bands are hearing this and are going to get a bit of influence off it, take a bit of momentum from it. Really well played. It is Earthcaller, Crystal Death. Out now on E1 Records. We're giving that an 8.5 out of 10. That is immense. Get out, get it, do it. You won't regret it. Our last album review of the week is Of Mice and Men and their album Defy. Out now on Rise Records. It's the fifth album for the boys. It's the first one without founding vocalist Austin Carlyle. Things went very public when he left. He had to leave because of chronic physical pain. He also, after he left, said part of the reason was also because of the musical style and direction that the band wanted to go in. Just wasn't where he wanted to go. He was a big piece of this band he was almost the whole backbone so he's left coming into album five it's it's very interesting to see where they've gone and where they've gone is not good not good at all the new album defy it's just bland it's generic it's gone alt rock alt metal radio hits this is the kind of music you expect to have on WWE WrestleMania as they're pumping up the next match. It's just very generic. Bass player, who's now the main screamer slash clean singer, Aaron Polly, he's tried, he really has tried to fill the boots, but it really just doesn't It doesn't work. I, th- I have a feeling that in 2016 when they released Cold World, the, the wheels have been slowly falling off. It's been slowly getting worse and worse. I was surprised when I when I gave this a spin. I thought that because of Aaron Polly being now the main vocalist that we were going to have an album all of Cleans. Surprisingly, there is still quite a considerable screams, but the screams don't come across as screams with conviction. It comes across as a backup screamer. The whole feel of the album, it's poor man's metalcore. It's not metalcore. I mean, they make... They make the absolutely woeful Asking Alexandra self-titled album that was released late last year seem like a masterpiece. It is just that bad. The lyrics are immature. Songs like Unbreakable and Warzone, just a dreary, repetitive, you know, it's that teenage angst of, how you know, hey, you can stop me, mum. I want to stay up late. I'm a rebel. Shut up. It's just, no. It's just not really worth your time it will sell a lot of records it will be very popular but i'm very surprised that it is popular it's popcorn music there's no substance it's the kind of thing that they can churn out another four of these and they can just keep doing the same thing very very safe career out of it but it's generic of mice and men have kind of decided that they want to sell some records they want to play stadiums. This is what they've given us. Really not. I mean, I thought last week the Avatar album was bad. At least Avatar's album tried to do something. This album's not trying to do anything. 
This is one of the worst albums I have heard in a long time. And I don't like speaking bad about things, but unfortunately when albums like this slide across my desk, I've got to, I've got to review it. And this is the one for this week that's just... Oh, I mean, that, that was... What, that's 45 minutes times three? That's a long time wasted on something that just could have been better spent. Of Mice and Men Defies is out now on Rise Records. Get out there and give it a go if you want to. But, uh, yeah, don't really recommend it. That is out now, and we are going to give it a 2 out of 10. Yep, 2, unfortunately. So that is the Mosh reviews done for this week. Let us know what you think. Send us an email. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, website. Let us know what you think. Have you heard any of those albums? Do you like any of those albums? Do you agree? Do you disagree? So, now we've done the news, we've done the reviews, our interview with Shane of For All Eternity is next. Jeremy, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, buddy. Um, so basically just want to go down the wormhole um, of, you know, yourself, but also uh, For All Eternity. Um, Absolutely. So, so let's just start off, uh, new album, The Will to Rebuild, um, third release. Uh, stoked on how it came out? I mean, obvious that would be yes, but, you know. No, absolutely, mate. No, like you said, third, third studio album that we've uh, that we've put out. So, mate, very exciting. Uh, it's been out for probably about four or five days now. So, mate, it's, it's really starting to sink in um, that we've got it all, that we've got it all happening, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, um, you know, anything you've heard about the record or anything that uh, you've read uh, has definitely been about uh, how we've sort of taken a bit of a bit of a step out a bit of a bit of a directional sort of change in our in our sound and in the content that our um, that our band's putting out so mate it's definitely uh, it's definitely rustled a few feathers mate but i think the general consensus so far is uh, has been a positive one so very excited very happy and uh yeah mate just uh loving it right now i've got to say i mean i've only um i only got sent it the other day two days ago i mean my first impression it sounds mature and i don't mean that in i mean that can be taken in um, oh no absolutely no i get what you're saying absolutely it, it's i mean for someone like myself who i mean i knew the name for for all eternity for a while um but i mean i never really caught much of the music um and this this sounds like anything that could have come and come out of america could have come out of europe and to have that come out of our own backyard i mean it's quite amazing um what what was the go recording wise i mean you guys did you do it here um what what went down with all of that it was it was in two parts. So first of all, no, I, I do appreciate that, mate. I definitely think that the band uh, is far more mature this time around. I guess in the past, you know, music we've written uh, definitely is pretty comfy within the genre, whereas this is a little bit more far-reaching, a little bit more outside the box, I guess, of the, the metal sort of realm. So no, I do appreciate that, mate. I'm glad you picked up on that. Um, we did work extra hard to to make a record that was a little a little bit more mature, uh, and I guess had its own had its own feel, had its own vibe that was, you know, that was indifferent of the, of the heavy music scene. It just, it is, it, it is what it is. And, um, yeah, I guess it's, uh, it, it is a unique release. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, the, the sound and the vibe and the emotion conveyed in the record is unlike anything they've ever heard in the genre before, uh, which is a really amazing thing to hear, especially in a, a, such an oversaturated market. Um, but in terms of the recording process, mate, like I said, it was in two parts. So we tracked all the instrumentation and, and instruments here um, in New South Wales, actually up, up the central coast. Uh, at, a, at a studio called STL Studios. Interestingly, our guitarist Nick is actually a producer, and he produced the record um, oh, wow. musically. So um, he did all the he did all the uh, the guitar tracks himself. Um, our bassist Scott did the bass tracking, um, and our drummer Michael did all the drum tracks. And he, um, you know, he did all the I guess all the production work and the engineering in terms of the musical side of things. Uh, as well as him actually being the person who wrote the, the instrumentation and the music, so massive props to Nick. He just absolutely took took complete control and and really just 
I mean, just did such a fantastic job, mate. I couldn't fault him on the effort he put in, and you know, he, uh, you know, he, he's actually a producer. That's what he does for work, and he, you know, he expressed how honest, how honestly serious he was about, you know. Um, taking time off work to do the record, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he was off work and didn't take any didn't take any bookings for about six months' time while he wrote the record and demoed it and did all that stuff. And then off the back of that, we went into the studio and tracked it over the course of about a month as well. Um, and then as for vocals, myself and our, our clean singer Michael uh, flew over to Michigan over in the states to track our vocals with a producer by the name of Josh Schroeder, oh, uh, yeah. who went on to mix and master the record as well. Um, now, so how yeah, was, mate. No, it's, how it's was definitely. That, how was that experience? Oh, that was that was fantastic, mate. Oh, we we loved our time over there. Um, you know, we've been very fortunate to record a few few albums over in the states, but never before with Josh. So it's our first ever experience, and mate, honestly, would love to work with him again. An absolute gentleman, an absolute professional. Um, really had a different take on our music than what we've experienced from producers in the past um you know producers we've dealt with previously have been very rigid uh and very concise in how they go about things um as in you know the execution of the vocals and the instrumentation everything needs to be perfect whereas josh was quite the opposite he found value in the imperfections he found value in the in the the mistakes or the stuff ups, to say you will, the outtakes. You know that. You know, I would I would track a vocal and maybe my voice did a little pop or maybe it didn't quite it didn't quite uh, hit that hit the mark that I guess I, I intended. But his inclination would would always be, you know what? It's probably not what you intended. It's probably not what you wanted. But mate, how good does that sound? Uh, and I guess he his take on the record and his I guess the biggest piece of the puzzle that he contributed was was helping us to create a record that was absolutely real and raw um, and relatable. Now lyrically, did he did he have a bit of an input? Did he you know was there some lyrics he went all right maybe let's change this up or was it you know pretty much what you had planned is what came across? Um, lyrically, lyrically, not at all. Uh, in terms of phrasing, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's always, for me, I, I always have a really great time being produced uh, vocally in terms of, um, I guess, phrasing. And, you know, there would be, you know, sometimes I would have lyrics that were written a certain way and laid out in a certain way and maybe maybe we went in the, the studio, maybe we went into the, the control room there and just sort of tweaked it or adjusted it or, or adjusted uh, sections to... Um, cater more so to a vocal hook or uh, a particular sound that we wanted for the section. Um, but in terms of the content itself, no, that was that was all myself, mate. So in the studio, I was doing some writing, but as well as that, for months, months leading up, uh, I was writing as well. So now, now, what about lyric theme on this album? I mean, the the world to rebuild um, is that kind of giving an insight into what is being delivered uh, lyrically? A, a thousand percent, mate. So, I mean, not to not to dive too deep, but basically, you know, in 2016, I had pretty much the most difficult year of my life and I found myself in a place of absolute hopelessness and, you know, helplessness. Um, you know, I... I um, I broke up with my, my wife and, you know, I had family members pass from illness and, um, you know, my whole life was essentially just turned on its head and I, I guess I found myself in a place of absolute heartbreak and, and hurt that I, that I really couldn't find my way out of and I guess, uh, in a sense, the record is, was my, was my platform to, to find my path from that place. You know, you hear often a lot of people dealing with grief and dealing with difficult you know, difficult situations in life, they often turn to, um, you know, drug abuse or, or alcohol abuse or, you know, self-abuse, whatever whatever their vice may be. But for me, um, you know, just writing music and I guess pouring out my mind and my heart onto paper uh, was what helped me get through, mate. And the will to rebuild is just that, you know, in the, in the deepest, darkest pit I ever found myself in to try and find the will to rebuild my life. Well, that, it's, that's just empowering in itself. You guys, and well, yourself, obviously, most importantly, have used um, 
it as a therapy, as a form of therapy, which is that's right. Which is when I mean we all know, um, unfortunately, as the phrase goes, the most uh, tragic circumstances quite often creates the most beautiful art, and um, I think that's obviously yeah, why. That's right. You guys are getting told the the passion and the emotion that you've put down on uh, pen and paper has translated through that microphone. Obviously, that's why a lot that's of people right. are grasping. Yeah. And even in the studio with Josh, I mean, in terms of him uh, pushing me to give a really raw and really emotional uh, and heartfelt uh, performance on the record, in terms of vocalising those words, in terms of me. Uh, being true to the emotion conveyed in the lyrics through the emotion conveyed in the vocal performance. I definitely think that uh, there's something really special um, to be said about how that all works together and how that all is reinforcing of that heartfelt and, you know, often hopeless message that is that is told throughout the record. But like you said, mate, um, I, I'm, I'm completely ecstatic with the record and however bitter's bittersweet it may be for me to uh listen to the record back over I, I can't even say how thankful and how how joyful it is for me uh to hear how it's impacted people and how it's helping them get through some hardships in their own lives so you've released this basically let's say the end of 2017 um, that's correct What's I mean, and another thing, you're on um, you're on Face Down Records now. Face Down Records, that's correct. Big, is this gonna gear you guys up for a big uh, 2018? I mean, you've been on Face Down for a few years now, but you know the way this is, you know, been gathering momentum just in the early release. What's planned out for next year, or so far planned well, out? Mate, like you said, we we have been with Face Down Records for quite a while, but. Um, you know, our first record was one of the most successful debut albums they've had on the label uh, for their entire 20-year history, which is, you know, is, is quite amazing for our band. Um, but as well, like you said, mate, sometimes it just takes that little little extra to sort of swell and to sort of take things to another level. Uh, like I said earlier on, mate, the um, the content we've released before, um, I'll, I'll probably sum, I'll summarise it as saying that it was that it was comfortable. Um, it's, I guess it was uh, a bit expected A bit of a uh, Generic is probably not the right word But it's definitely just a, a Chewing gum? It's a palatable, it's a, it's a palatable metalcore record yeah, Okay, yeah, yeah um, Whereas this time um, You know It's just, it's completely left field it's, it's, it's nothing that Anyone ever expected from us but, um, you know, the good thing is where, where there's risk, there's reward. And I, I think that we're definitely going to have a, a great 2018 off the back of this release. Any um, any possible Australian tours? Absolutely, mate. I mean, we're, we're already in talks. Um, we're already in talks about doing some some touring around Australia a little later. Uh, not not Probably not too early next year, but probably looking mid-year. Okay. Um, there are a few plans uh, for the band um, to take place. Uh, around the sort of first quarter of the year mm-hmm. um, next year, so we're pretty excited about that. But yeah, for the moment, mate, I think that um, I think that we're looking at probably probably April May sometime to do something in Australia. You know, we had a really great time last year. We did a uh, we did a tour of, um, promoting our last record, Metanoia, and um, mate, we, we had a great time. It was the it was the most successful headline tour we've ever done. So. Just to build on that, I definitely think this album is, I mean, in my personal opinion, it's fivefold stronger than the last record, and I think Australian audiences especially will definitely um, latch on to our new sound. And uh, Mate, I, I, think there'll be, uh, I think there'll be a great bit of touring to happen yet uh, in Australia. Now, going back onto label, a question I've got to ask just because it's, it's an obvious question. Are you guys Christian? Are, you, are some of you Christian? Because you're on Face Down Records, and I don't ask it. Yep. I don't ask the question as in like, um, I'll be surprised if you are or aren't, or how dare you. Um, it's. I think the reason is um, is because um, Christian and metal bands were a big thing, or in the spotlight a lot in the early two thousands, and then of course, then there were some bands um, like. As I lay dying, you know, were quite an obvious one. Who then things went down the path that people are going, okay, well, maybe they're not Christian. Um, yep. 
everywhere I search or, you know, doing my pre-research, you guys are labelled Christian metalcore. Yes. Um, so what's the background with you guys? Are a couple of you Christian? Are you Christian? I mean, what's the go? So, yes. Yes, we are absolutely we are absolutely all Christians. Oh, wow, uh, No cool. doubt about it. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, surrounding the content of the record, mm-hmm. uh, the, the content of the record is a lot less based in the, in the world of, you know, building faith than, I guess, you know, um, I guess a, a Christian's walk, so to speak, just mm-hmm. because of, you know, particular circumstances surrounding my own life and things that have gone on with me. Um, it just, just, I guess the band was the vehicle for this story to be told. Um, and obviously the band is something we've done for years and years. Uh, and we've instilled, you know, we've been fortunate to, you know, be, uh, be that band who instills a lot of hope in a lot of different people. And, you know, we've got to, you know, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty happy with, uh, you know, the, the following we've garnered in our years. And a lot of our music is absolutely faith-focused. Uh, faith focused. But, um, you know, this time around, I guess it's decidedly less so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just for the circumstance of, uh, just, just regarding the circumstance of, of telling this story of, of heartbreak that I've endured myself. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely, we're, we're a Christian band, mate. We, you know, we have, um, in the past, we've, we've released a lot of... Uh, a lot of very spiritual content mm-hmm. um and there's no shying away from that absolutely where that's that's who we are and you know i guess i guess we're in a we're in a world now where um you know we don't don't as heavily have to associate uh you know heavy music like our, our music with with our beliefs um but do you think I mean, you know that- I, I guess we we put ourselves we sometimes sometimes depending on depending on the content we release i guess i guess in a way we can put ourselves in a spot where People would people would opt to not even listen to our band for the fact that um, you're Christian. For the fact that yeah, for the fact mm. that they may they may not their beliefs may not align with what our our, our beliefs are or or you know something something to that sort of tune. But uh, mate, that that sort of that's sort of self defeating for us. You know, our music for everyone. We want to we want to release music that's inspiring and hopeful for for anyone, not just someone who ascribes to a particular set of beliefs. So has it has it been a challenge? I mean, I think I think it it would be a challenge for a lot of artists to um, probably take, get people to take them seriously. And it's it's strange to even say that when you know you're playing a heavy genre of music. Um, but oh no, absolutely no. It has had it had its challenges throughout mm. the years, mate. No, no questions there. But mate, you know this is this is something we embrace. You know, heavy music is. It is what it is, and I mean, mm. we live in a world where everyone's so opinionated and so divisive. When you know someone, you know someone having a differing opinion or differing belief from you, uh, you know, is in no way, shape, or form mean they're your enemy and not even your friend. Mm. You know, a, dif- a difference of opinion is just part of being human, and you know, some some of our personal beliefs of the guys within the band may even you know shock some people because I mean, there's you know there's stereotypes associated with particular beliefs and. You know, some people might allege what they think we believe, and they'll be completely wrong. Is, um, it, is that also? Yeah, is that also the same yeah, within the um, within the religious areas? I mean, do you guys find it? Is there a challenge with you guys within the Christian other Christians? Oh, mate, like, because you're have, playing we heavy have, music. We have perfect. We have perfectly situated ourselves in a spot where Christians don't want to listen to us because we're a heavy band and non-Christians don't want to listen to us because we're Christian. <laughs> so you're just, you're surfing in that, you're surfing in that middle range. Best of worlds, mate. What's that? <laughs> you're surfing right in the middle of the, of nowhere just there, just, just hovering. Right in the middle of nowhere. No, look, we're, we're, you know, we've been, we've been fortunate, mate. Absolutely. There's, you know, there's, um, there are, there are people that, uh, there are people from both worlds, I guess you could say that. That take us with a bit of a grain of salt, and you know, if, if people if people knew what we were like, if people knew our heart and knew what we intend with our music and with our message, mate, there's there's no malice. There's no we're not we're not recruiting people uh, to a cult. You know what I mean? We're just we're passionate people that want to want to bring hope to the world through you know through this musical medium. And um, interestingly, this record is is a, is a lot less hopeful, but I, I feel like. Um, this record, more than anything, has a really true emotion um, 
emotional heart to it that people can really relate to and people can really understand. And I, I think it's personally uplifting. I mean, I could speak of how I feel of it, but, mate, I mean, it's the, the content is directly to do with my life and situations in my life. But, mate, even, even people close to me have just found absolute empowerment through our music. So, mate, I think where we're at right now with the band and uh, how we're going about things is, is right where we need to be. You, you're obviously on the right path also with the label because, um, I mean, any band uh, on a label, big or small, sometimes has problems with promotion um, or exposure. But, I mean, Face Down um, are definitely giving you guys the right push um, and promotion. Um, now, That's right, yeah, absolutely. What I understand is um, the Kiwi Boy Saving Grace got you signed... Um, yes. Now, how has the relationship been with Face Down? I mean, are they are they trying to get you over to America? Are they did they you know just kind of give you time to write this album? Did they throw you money to help fund it? I mean, how's the relationship with Face Down? The relationship with the label, honestly, uh, to, from what I understand from other bands and other labels, I think that the relationship we currently have with Face Down is about as healthy a relationship as a band can have with a label, mate. It's just absolutely fantastic. The team we work with is so passionate about our band uh, and so on board with seeing our band, um, you know, push forward and grow and, and receive more and more opportunities, whether it be at home or, or stateside. Um, I, I, honestly, I... I couldn't say I couldn't say by any margin that I would that I could be happier than what I am right now with how the label's going. Um, you know, when we when we first signed on, uh, it was interesting. We we had signed we had signed to Face Down at the uh, at the end of 2014. The band was in a very interesting spot, mate. If I'm very honest, we, we were unsure if we were wanting to continue. Um, you know, we were sort of sort of stagnant in the water. We were touring, you know, throughout 2014. 13 and 14 we were touring a lot um, uh, throughout Australia and New Zealand and you know there was a few opportunities calling over in the States as well which granted at the time we uh, we couldn't we couldn't really work it out but um, yeah so I mean nearing the end of 2014 we you know we had this record that was sitting on that we recorded at the end of 2013 and at the time we'd sat on it for 12 months already and it was just absolutely eating away at, at me personally inside um, and I just sort of had an attitude about it. And I just said, you know what? We need to release this, and we're not just going to release it with anyone. We're going to release it with with someone with a label who's going to really give it the the traction that it deserves. Um, and we're going to do good things with this album. So I sort of dived into you know people I knew in the music industry and sort of worked any any sort of angle that I could. Uh, to develop interest um, either either here in Australia or in the States um, and um, I mean here in Australia you know we had worked with labels previously in the past but um, I don't know just the way the way things had, had gone without with our first record uh, we didn't want we didn't want to make the same mistakes again I, there was a few things that happened uh, with our with our first release that you know really really put a real bad sort of spin on, on how the band had been performing and um, yeah I guess I guess our outlook was just to if we're going to do it let's just do it right if we're going to do it let's do it with someone who's not going to muck us around let's do it with someone who's going to take that band seriously and, and, and give us the effort that we think that this record deserves because hey we've put all this time and effort into creating this album and you know our last album Metanoia we flew over to the States and completely self-funded a full length album um, you know arranged everything now you know at the time that we're looking for a label it was literally here is our album here is two music videos here is all the artwork here is everything all you have to do is put it take it in your hand and put it in someone else's hand and get it on the shelves for us uh and that was that was basically where we were so i had linked up with vasili out of saving grace and they got us in touch with face down and i mean at the time you know we had a little bit of buzz in the states from our uh, from our debut album but you know nothing really so for face down to show such interest in the record and to and to i mean show show faith in us to to really become something for them um was quite amazing um and um yeah so basically we signed with them and we released the album in i think it was july 2015 
Um, and yeah, mate, like I said, it became the, the second highest selling debut album in the label's history. Uh, if I speak very honestly and openly about, I guess, our, my, our state of mind within the band at the time, um, you know, we thought that we would just release it and the album would tank and then we could just pack up shop and just do nothing anymore, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, this really amazing, this really amazing turn of events happened and it turns out that uh, our band is, you know, somewhat of a, somewhat of a buzzy kind of, buzzy kind of band over in the States uh, and we just saw growing sales and growing numbers over there and, a, and a, an absolutely, an absolutely um, massive massive outcry for us to come into the states now we have been fortunate to play a few festivals over there but unfortunately like i was telling you earlier it just hasn't quite ticked over for us so we think the new record is going to be the the straw that breaks the camel's back and you know with with the day and age we're living in mate with streaming and spotify and you know um social i guess media. the way the, the mark yeah social media the way the the way the music world's going um you know, you can track you can track all this stuff these days. So, just to give you a little insight, you know, we have the back end of Spotify that we can view to see all the statistics of streaming for our band. Um, and to give you an idea, um, the amount of people streaming our band on Spotify right now in Australia, um, the amount of people comparatively in America streaming our album is literally fivefold. Wow. Yeah, which is you know, which is spectacular. But I mean, this is we're a band that's that's toured relentlessly in here in Australia, um, and just been you know been working at it, been building a following, been been since two thousand and eight. In yeah, yeah, for yeah. years, for years and years, yeah. and now with the you know with the, the social media, you know the the social media phenomenon and the streaming world, you know. Our band is just all of a sudden has five times as many people listening to our band in a country we've almost never even toured. Well, so that's, I mean, that just leads me into the next thing I wanted to ask you perfectly because I was going to ask you, you know, since, as you said, you've, I mean, wow, it's it's next year makes 10 years, I think. Uh, yeah, 2008. Um, that's right. You know, when you started, I mean, social media, Spotify, I mean, these things either weren't around or weren't really around at all. I mean, I think 2008, was MySpace still a thing? I think it was. MySpace, yeah, yeah, we started out MySpace yeah. days. So, yeah, it was still, you know, yeah. So... Well, MySpace video, like MySpace audio player and... Yeah. You know, you to try and get people listening to music and stuff. So. Yeah, and you used to have your top friends. I mean, um... Your top friends and that? <laughs> we'd like, we'd like, I think for a while, I think we even did like a little thing where it's like, put our band in your top friends and you get a free single or something. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a bit of a DIY marketing tactic. But you go you know? from you go from those days to to now nowadays. I mean, there's obviously yep. a lot of positives um, for a band that's constantly on the grind like yourselves. But yep. there's also a bit of the negative downside of it. I mean, now, I mean personally, I think uh, someone in his mid thirties, I think the attention span of heavy fans is now very short and limited. Mate, there's, there's online in the social space, mate, there's just so much noise and every artist out there is fighting for that attention. So absolutely, I mean, it's it's more accessible and it's easier to do, but, mate, the, the, the downturn is that it is infinitely more competitive. Um and you know you, you're fighting you're fighting for a listener to you know bands are not in competition with each other you know by by no margin but I mean if you if you take it right back and you think about it if someone if someone listens to an hour of music a day um, if your band isn't the band that's in their ears and the band they're listening to then they're not really a prospect of yours you know what I mean they're not a prospect they're not a prospect for you know new music or or whether it be merchandise or touring or, or you know, the, you're needing to you're needing to always have really amazing content. Um, you're needing to always have really amazing content in their ears uh, and in front of their faces as well on social media. So whether it be you know a really a really elaborate music video or whether it be you know some you know some cool I don't know comp you know. You always see bands doing competitions and releasing limited edition merch and, and, you know, 
grinding and, and, and vying for any which way to, to capture capture people's attention in this uh, you know this really dense marketplace. It's, um, it's just hectic. I can't. I mean, it is. It's it's absolutely hectic. I mean, do you? I mean, you, I mean, do you think? Um, do you think CDs and you know part of what I grew up loving about the heavy style was the collecting of you know physical stuff. Um, oh, I, I definitely think that exists in got, some way. Do you think it's which dying? is also what's shown the resurgence of vinyl records as well? True. I definitely think there's there's a place in the in the market for for a, a collect like people to collect music in that particular medium. I know I know people who collect vinyl records and don't even listen to them. It, it's just purely for the the aspect of you know collecting and having a collection. Yeah. Um. You know, like I you know you know you buy a vinyl record and you know you can just you can just wrap it up and put it on the shelf and you just listen to that same record on Spotify you know what I mean you don't need uh, to physically listen to records anymore I know that in some way shape or form CDs are absolutely still a thing and you know people might throw a CD in their car or you know or in a home stereo system or something but mate the the streaming realm and you know the digital world is just so predominant Um, and um, fortunately I think it's it's coming around in terms of um, in terms of monetization for artists as well. I think Spotify has come uh, ways forward in, in how they pay their artists, and I think that's a lot healthier now. And bands are seeing a lot more return for um, you know their, their effort and the, the streams they're receiving. So, um, which, which is essential. Definitely, yeah. It's essential because I mean, a it lot is. a lot of the artists were making complaints because they were making not even a cent off you know off a stream. So yeah, that's right. I think I think now it's I think it's point I think it's point zero one of a cent per stream. per play. So ten plays get you one ten plays get you one cent or something like that. Yeah. Um. But um. You know, you 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 recruit, you recruit hundreds of thousands of streams, and it, it all works out. So, but as well, this is this is the price you pay for your music to be so readily available to people, so that you can then, you know, um, make money through through you know merchandise sales or ticket sales or you know these these things that bands do to survive, these things that bands use as monetization, so that their music can be furthered, so that they're you know, their, their message can go further. Mate, you know, in the end of the day, we're all artists and, and we're not in this for money. You know, this is absolutely for the passion and for the love of, of music. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, any 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 money or return that our band sees just goes straight back into the band. So, you know, people who are people who are supporting us, uh, you know, through the purchase of merchandise or CDs or, or what have you can, can be comfortable to know that that money just goes straight back into financing new music so which is the way it should be absolutely so i thought just a couple of um wanted to just ask a couple of things about yourself with influences and then um of course and then we'll kind of wrap it up a little bit so uh heavy artists or artists in general what brought you to you know the alternative or heavy genre you know who got you started in this heavy style yeah, great. So when I was uh, when I was young, oh, probably about probably about 11, 12 years old. Interestingly, I I went to uh, this is and this is I mean this would have been two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Uh, I went to this uh, I went to this church conference. You know, as a young you know young Christian kid, I went to this church conference, and at the time I was you know I felt strongly convicted to. Um, to give away secular music or non-Christian music, however you want to, however you want to, what do you call it? Yeah. Um, and you know, as a young fellow, I didn't really understand what the purpose of that was. I just thought, I just felt convicted about it, and I thought, you know, at the time I was listening, you know, rock sort of, you know, Christian rock artists, and I was listening to as well. I was listening to Metallica, and I was listening to um, ACDC and Black Sabbath, and you know, all this. You know this wonderful world of music that we, you know, that we had early two thousands. Um, you know, I grew up predominantly listening to you know metal music just because it's what my older brother listened to, it's what my dad listened to. So that just what I gravitated. That's just what I gravitated towards. But you know, I as a as a young fellow, I sort of made this decision to to give up um, non Christian music 
Oh, and wow. you'd think that you'd think that the direction then I would that I would then take would be that of a softer route or you know a bit more rocky stuff. But the more I dived into it, the more I just I, I kept finding Christian metal artists like Haste the Day uh, and Under Oath and As I Lay Dying and you know all this really awesome awesome stuff that you know was all screaming and all this super heavy absolutely just like tough stuff um you know like you were saying earlier on that uh, you know the, the early 2000s sort of christian metal scene was just absolutely booming so I, as a young kid i found that um and i was absolutely you know absolutely blown away by that um and you know when that when that whole sort of conviction wore off and i started listening to you know any kind of any kind of music then i got into other bands like you know kill switch engage and you know unearth and mate my the my musical horizon just blew up but it, it had been set on a on a collision course all this heavy sort of screaming music um and i can actually recall one of those bands that i that i was really into at the time still remains oh yes um oh, yeah. if you remember still remains fantastic band um of love and lunacy was one of my favorite albums at the time and uh, i can actually recall in 2007 so i would have been you know, 17 years old, I remember going to a uh, Soundwave. Yes, uh, I Soundwave remember them the playing wave. that. Soundwave had the Sidewave shows. Yes. Uh, and in Sydney, uh, there was an As I Lay Dying headline show at the Forum uh, with support from, I believe it was, Haste of the Day Still Remains in Fall of Troy. Now, oh, wow. I was a 17-year-old kid at the time, um, and I was still, you know, I was still, still a young fellow. And the, the venue was segregated, so there was an 18 plus area downstairs, which was you know front and center of the stage. And then there was a then there was a mezzanine level where all the underage kids would go around the top of the balcony. Um, but interestingly enough, I went there with a mate of mine that was um, was 18 at the time, and I was 17. So we were just split up, and I was just by myself at this gig. So I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not having this crap. So. Mate, I managed to sneak down into the 18 plus area uh, as an underage kid, uh, and as I as I got downstairs, uh, uh, what was it? Still remains started playing. So I'm just absolutely loving it by this point, and I've gone front and center. Um, and if you know the song um, White Walls, oh, it's one of the best on that album. One yeah. of the best, mate. The first time I ever screamed in my entire life was a mic grab to White Walls. In oh. Sydney in 2007. Oh, now was that was that a catalyst moment <laughs> for you wanting to get a mic in that, your hand? Absolutely, mate. I, I honestly, it was just like instinctual. I I just grabbed the mic and I just grabbed the mic and just took it out of the dude's hand and like I, it just it just came out of me and I was like, Dad, what was that? And my mate was turning my mate turned to me after I did it. He was like, Oh man, that was so cool, what was that? And I was like, Oh, oh no. it was just you know, it, was a, it was an awesome moment as a kid. How's this the the there's a bittersweet end to the night though. I was eventually I was eventually caught in the eighteen plus section and I got oh. kicked out before As I Lay Dying played, so, oh. you know, yeah, I got kicked out, and I, and I could sort of hear him playing through the wall, like, uh, and I was like, oh, that sucks, but at the same time, you know, looking back on it, it's like, you know, that almost needed to happen for me to really find a passion to do that, uh, and this was 2007, as you know, and it was early 2007 in accordance with Soundwave, so late 2008, we started For All Eternity, and mate, the rest is just... The rest is just history, really. <laughs> oh, and such a what a oh, such an underrated band to kickstart that that kind of passion and drive for you. Oh, oh mate, still remains fantastic. fantastic yeah, don't even band. haste the day. What uh, about did day, you? A few other bands. Did you ever get into? I mean, they they were Christian, but they were definitely on the heavier side of thing. Impending doom. Impending doom, absolutely, absolutely love impending doom. So. If you remember their debut record, uh, Nailed Dead, Dead Risen. Risen. Yes, yes. Nailed Dead Risen. So uh, I remember in 2008 getting a CD sampler in a Merch Now package that I bought. None of the none of the items in the Merch Now package uh, at all were to do with um, 
yeah, none of the items in the Merch Now package were anything to do with Face Down Records, but there was this Face Down Records CD sampler in the package, and I was just like, what is this? I'm like, oh, yeah, some free content. <laughs> Chuck it in the CD player, mate, and Impending Doom just knocked me on my ass completely. I was like, man, this is the best, and the, the CD had a few other bands like For Today and A Plea for Purging and a lot of really amazing artists that I just fell in love with, and thus began my, you know, my uh, obsession with Face Down Records, you know, they've released some amazing, amazing artists over the years. Um, and, mate, little did I know that, you know, six six years down the track, mate, that my band would be releasing an album on that same label. Mate, it's a bit of a bit of a bucket list thing for me, so, mate, I'm very fortunate. But um, as well, to touch on that, Nail Dead Risen, I told you that our debut album was the second highest selling debut album on Face Down Records history. Nailed out, Dead Risen Nailed was number Dead one. Risen was number one. Oh, it's such a brute. I mean, speaking of, just last thing with Face Down, speaking of bands um, and on that list, I th- I would love to see you guys bring War of Ages down here and you do a tour with them. Absolutely. Those guys actually just oh. put out probably, I mean, arguably their best album. Yeah, um, they to did. date, mate, they just put out, yeah, a, a record called Alpha. Um, I think you yeah, guys... No, that- I think you guys would match up perfectly on a bill with them. Like, That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Now, no, well, mate, the, 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 the fact that we're on the same label would definitely put us in, in much much heavier contention to, to tour together, for sure. Oh, Got to get it done. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, they're one of those... They're, they're one of my all-time favourite face-down um, acts. I just... They've got to come to Australia. Um, and That's I think it. you guys should bring them. Um now, last thing I do um, before we wrap this up is I do kind of like pick your fate. So it's you have two options to pick from. You pick which you'd prefer. Of so, course. So we'll start it off. Uh, pizza or burger? Oh, I've been a bit of a burger bloke in the past, but at the moment the, the rage is pizza, so I go pizza. Ooh, okay. Uh, in, <laughs> in the mosh pit or up the back enjoying the show? <laughs> uh, speaking. I'll say now. I'll say up the back enjoying. I'll say up the back enjoying the show, uh, just because I, I guess I pay a little bit more attention to to the finer things of a show these days. But oh, yeah. mate, a few years ago, definitely in the pit. Oh, <laughs> preach! <laughs> That's how I am, man. I need. I need to be up the back. I paid hard-earned money for this. Um, <laughs> uh, cinema or on the couch watching the movie. Go cinema. I do. I do like other movies. Now this one will. Oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, AFL or NRL? Oh, NRL. No question, mate. Nice. Who's your team? Cronulla uh, Sharks, mate. And I was at the 2016 Grand Final, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. Nice work. Yeah, Sharky. Yeah, it was great. Um, right where that last tackle was made, that to win them the game was was about about. 70 metres in front of me. Oh, perfect viewing. So good. Chicken or beef? Uh, chicken. Nice. Beach yeah. or snow? Oh, it would have to be beach. Okay. Slayer or Pantera? A... Uh, I'll have to say Pantera. Yes. Mad props. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, that's it. That's the stuff. Touring or recording? Oh, mate, I, I've had, I've just recently had such an amazing experience with recording. So, for right now, I'll say recording. But, mate, I mean, if if the album does for us what we hope, I think touring will definitely be a new favourite thing to do. Uh, PS4 or Xbox? Uh, Xbox. I'm a, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a bad sort of Xbox guy. I'm always playing Xbox. They just released. I don't know if you're familiar with the game PUBG. No. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. It's one of the one of the most amped and hyped games at the moment. They've just released that on Xbox, so I'm currently loving that. Well, I just moved house, and I've only just connected my Xbox, um, so I'll have to uh, see it because I, I just play FIFA. I mean, I'm just one of those. Oh yeah, love a good love a good game of FIFA. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm not quite talented enough to play shoot 'em ups. Um, I'm all about the shooters, man. <laughs> <laughs> cooking or dining out. Um, dining out. All right, and last one. Uh, 
physical CD or a downloaded copy? Oh, mate, there's just there's something that you... There's something to be said about having a physical CD in your hand, having all the artwork. Mate, I don't think, I don't think much compares to that. It's a, it's a physical representation um, of... Of music, and I think that is is crucial to the whole experience. Yeah, nothing beats an inlay. You know, opening it up, having it, having a squeeze exactly while you're listening. Right. Um, Shane, you're an absolute legend. Like, thanks for the chat, man. Um, no worries at all, man. Uh, just again, um, before we wrap up, the will to rebuild is out now on Face Down Records. Uh, check it on iTunes. Check it on. Is it on Bandcamp? <laughs> Uh, I don't believe so. So it'll be That's on right. iTunes, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Google Play, all the all the all the places that you'll find music. Yeah, or even go online and you know find a physical copy. It'll be on eBay. That's it. Physical copies. Physical copies are actually on uh, merch now in the states and twenty four hundred here in Australia. So bang bang. Um, no worries at all. Thanks again, dude. Like yeah, that that was. That was epic. That was exactly what I've been wanting to do with the show. Just great to chat, and I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Just have a bit of a yarn. Easy done, mate. I do appreciate your time, mate, and uh, thanks for having me. No, thank you, and um, I'll find you on Facebook, and then I'll hit you up with a link when um, it goes up. It'll be going up in the first week of January. So Good stuff, man. All right. Keen as, dude. Thanks, Ace, man. Great thanks. interview. Thanks, brother. Have a good rest of your day, man. You too, mate. Enjoy your Christmas break, all right? I will. You too. Enjoy all the food and all the gifts and all that jazz. That's it, man. All right, later, brother. Set that Xbox up. Get it happening. (laughs) Yeah, I will. (laughs) (laughs) See you, champion. See See you, bud. So that was our chat with Shane of For All Eternity. Thank you again, Shane, for taking the time out to have a chat. Great chat. Interesting. It was good to really get an insight into the band, the recording of the album, and also just Christians in the heavy metal scene. That's it for this week. That's it for The Mosh Zone. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with episode three. As always, you can get in touch with us at our website, which is themoshzone.com. You can get in touch with us through email, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. And you can also get in touch with us through all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, with at themoshzone. Stay safe, look out for each other. See you next week. Open the pit.